Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Last week, Pastor Blake talked to us about going into this new year with a life that could have joy because of God's presence in our life. I want to build on that this morning and talk about God's presence in the coming year. Now, I don't know what the coming year holds except this one thing. God will be in it. And God will be with us the whole time. There will never be a moment in this year ahead that God will not be with you. So I want to talk about what that means this morning, and we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 15, and talk about some things that we can count on in the year ahead to help us navigate it in a way that is healthy for us as Christians. The first thing is that God has a predictable future for me. God has a predictable future for me. The future is not uncertain. It, it, it is just there in a way that you and I can just embrace it, grab a hold of it, say, there it is. Know that God's going to help us and that it is not something, well, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what my future holds. I know what my future holds. Verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter 1, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Here it is. Now we live with a great expectation. Oh, come on. Let's start the new year better than that. You see, by His mercy we are born again. Now, I've talked to people over the years who don't understand what that means, born again. Uh, What is that uh, saying? Uh, How can I, you know, Nicodemus said, how can I be born again? How can that happen? It's very simple. When you and I were born the first time, our sinful nature was in control. And we were born with that nature that controlled our lives. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are born again because now our spiritual nature can be in control, not our sinful nature. And so being born again says, you know what, I was born once and I wasn't a very good person. I was a selfish individual. I was someone who just wanted what I want. And that's how I lived and that's what I did. And then Christ came into my life. And now I live for others and not for me. And now I live for Christ and not for myself. And now I I have a great new life. The life changes from bad to good. Still struggles as we're going to see in a moment. But yet there's a difference in me. And so there comes a time for all of us to understand that God, by His mercy, provides for us a fresh start, a new life, a new beginning, a new reason to live, a new way to live that happens when we are born again. Now, notice, we live with a great expectation. Now, I have harped on this and harped on this, and I'll keep harping on it. The future looks good. There's hope. Christians are never hopeless. 
And we have a great expectation. It will not be disappointed. So that as I look at what's going on around me and listen to all the news that always seems to be bad, I've got great news for you today. There is good news. And the good news is that I am born again and I have something to look forward to because God has promised it to us and we get to live for that end. And therefore, I don't just live for the moment. I just don't live by the circumstances that are around me. I'm not just living for the day. I live with an expectation that one day I am going to see God face to face. And one day I am going to live with Him forever. That's hope. Now, I would like to tell you that things will get better in our world. I'm not going to tell you that because it's not true. But no matter how things get in this world, things do not change for us as Christians. There is always a great expectation of God. Always a hope of knowing He is in control, He is in charge, and I get to live with that expectation of knowing He's going to be faithful. And so, the future, God has a predictable future for me. He says, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. He promised it. And so, you and I can count on it. Secondly, God has a priceless inheritance for me. A priceless inheritance for me. Now, I don't know about you. I, you know, I've got a little inheritance when my folks died or my wife's folks died. And if you're like me, you're probably not going to leave a lot of inheritance for your kids, you know. I mean, why should you? Just spend it all. And uh, just take it easy. But God says, look, when you get here, I want you to know you won't look around and go, this is it. I want you to know that you have something waiting for you that is priceless. Verse 4, 1 Peter chapter 1, and we have a priceless inheritance an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. There is an inheritance for me that is priceless. It's like when you get, how much would you give for one of your kids? How much would you, you can't, they're priceless, right? This inheritance is the same way. It's a priceless inheritance. It is so great and so wonderful that all the money and resources of this world cannot purchase it. It is so valuable that there isn't a price that you can put on it because it's worth so much more than you can imagine. And not only that, it's safe. See, a lot of talk today about um, where you're going to put your money today that's safe. Put it in the market? Yeah, maybe. Put it in the bank? Okay. Put it in your mattress? Probably not. You know, all kinds of places. But he says here, look, no matter what happens, no matter how long it's there, rust isn't going to deteriorate it. There's nothing that's going to displace it. It's always going to be there. It's going to keep its valuable, and it's going to be so valuable that you won't believe how valuable it is. So take what you imagine that when you get to heaven one day and you think, well, I'm going to have a really nice house and, and, and I'm going to have this place and this mansion. And, you know, for most of you, it's, and I've got this acreage with a fence around it and everybody has to stay out. Uh, you know, that's kind of, it's, it's my place. I'll get this. I'll get this. I'll get this. Let me just tell you something. 
Heaven is greater, bigger, better than you can even imagine. And take what you think it is and multiply it by a million. And so there is a priceless inheritance for me there in heaven. So I understand it's a predictable future. God says, this is going to happen. You can count on it. I'm going to take care of this. And you can live with this great expectation. And when you get there, your expectation, you're not going to look around and go, oh, I thought it was going to be so much better. Oh, man, I don't like the color. You know, I, I wish it was somehow. Look what they got. I, none of that. Your jaw is going to drop, and you're going to be speechless at how great heaven is and what God has prepared for you. You see, Jesus said some words that we quote, but I don't know that we really believe he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, he made you, so he knows you, and he knows what you like, and you won't be disappointed. A priceless inheritance that is greater than you and I can even imagine. So I live with this expectation, okay, this is going to happen. I know it is. And when I get to heaven one day, this is going to be greater than anything this earth has to offer. And then thirdly, God has a power for me. Well, okay, pastor, I know that and it's there, but boy, this world gets tough and it gets hard and, you know, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do everything and I don't know that I can make it. And how, how am I going to get through all of this? Because it just seems so overwhelming. Well, verse five, and through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So God says, look, I made this promise to you. You can count on it. It's going to happen. It's going to be bigger, better than you can imagine. And I'll give you the strength and I'll let my power be a part of your life to help you make sure you get there. Now, that power is resident in the person of the Holy Spirit, present in our life to give us the power that we need to do whatever we need to do. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know this. As a Christian, you will never face anything in your life but what you don't have the power to handle it. How? through faith. Faith says, I don't understand it all, but I choose to believe it anyway. I choose to hold on to it. You see, my salvation isn't dependent on my circumstances. It's dependent on God's power. And God is all-powerful, isn't He? And He says here, I'll protect you by that power. I'll give you that power. I will share with you that power. Don't lose your perspective. Sometimes life can seem overwhelming. Sometimes it might seem like you're facing some circumstances that you think, I can't deal with this. All you've got to do is stop, remind yourself whose you are. You're God's child, and God has promised you that nothing will ever come to you but what you and He can't handle. Now, you will face some circumstances in this year that you can't handle. But you will never face circumstances this year that you and God can't handle. Notice the difference. By putting my faith in Him 
And so God says, look, I'll help you. I don't, whatever you're dealing with, I'll give you the power to handle it. I'll share it with you. I'll protect you with it. I'll envelop you in it. And so that you don't need to be afraid of what might happen or what's coming down the road or what's going to take place. We know what the future holds. We know God's made us a promise. We know where we're going. We know where we're headed. We know that it's a place greater than anything we can imagine. And we also know that no matter what, God has given me His strength to be able to deal with whatever life brings my way. But you see, sometimes we're kind of stubborn people, naive people. We think we can handle it, don't we? We think we can deal with it. And when you try to deal with it, you will fail. But when you trust God and put your faith in Him, you will be victorious. You might not get out of the problems, but you will get through them. And God will be faithful in that. And so he has a power for you that's available to you in the year ahead. Fourthly, God has a plan for me. Now, uh, I'm good up till now, and right now at this point, I don't like his plan. I'll just be honest with you, I don't like it. You know, because he says, look, that's the thing about the Bible and about God. He's honest with us, isn't he? He tells us the truth. So notice what he says in verses 6 and 7. So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy. Pastor Break talked about that last week. There's joy ahead. There's joy that's there. I can be glad in the midst of this. God's going to be faithful. I don't have, oh, I'll make it through. Pray for me that I'll hold on to the end. No, no, no. I get to go through the t- life with joy. The rest of you can be grumps all you want. Go ahead. I've got a priceless inheritance. I've got something to look forward to. I've got the strength to deal with it. There's joy. <laughs> Wonderful joy had, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Now, you know my line, but let me say it again anyway. How long's a little while? 90 years, 100, not long. In the scope of eternity. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through a few trials, now, many, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Every problem that you face in the year ahead will be a test of your faith. Are you going to trust God and handle it God's way? Or are you going to handle it your way? Again, I've taught this before, but let me just reemphasize it. In every problem you have, there's two roads that you can go down. One is God's way. You trust Him. You obey Him. You do what's right, even though it's painful. Somebody hurts you, says something hurtful, takes advantage of you. You forgive them. Oh, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how much. You don't know how often. You, you don't know how bad. It, what does God's Word say? Do you trust Him? Will you put your faith into action and be obedient to what He says to do? And God will be there, the Holy Spirit, that power will be there to help you to do what is right. 
Now, at the same time as God is testing you, making you stronger, making you better, Satan is there tempting you. Come on, you don't need to forgive them. You just get even with them. You just show them. You just do it this way. You just go, you know what's right. You know they've done this before. You know they'll do it again. You'll be a doormat if you don't stand up for yourself, if you don't take advantage of it, if you don't handle this. And there will be a temptation for you to do the wrong thing. The wrong thing will make your life more miserable. The right thing will bring blessings into your life. And God has a plan. He says, look, while you're here, I'm going to give you the strength that you need to deal with whatever life brings your way. And life is going to bring some difficulties your way. But no matter what it brings, I will give you the ability to stand up underneath it, to handle it correctly. And if you'll follow my ways, your life will be the beneficiary of so many blessings and you will have so much growth that you won't believe what I can do. But there's another road that the enemy is trying to get you to walk down, to do your thing, your way, thinking you know better, be selfish, do what you want to do, act like you want to act, think you know it all, think you can handle it. And when you go down that road, it leads you to problems. And God's plan is this, I love you so much, that I'm going to put you on an exercise routine. And I'm going to bring some problems into your life. Think of it as going to the gym. And those problems are going to press your muscles, your faith. And your faith is so valuable. Why? Because it's what will get you through. And I'm not doing it to harm you. I'm not doing it to hurt you. I'm doing it to help you. I want you to be victorious. Being a Christian isn't for wimps. You see, some people think, well, if I'm a Christian, I won't have any problems. Oh, show me a verse. There's none there. Very plain, Peter says, look, be glad. There's joy ahead. Keep your head up. Rejoice, even in the midst of it all. But there's going to come your way some difficulties that you're going to have to deal with, but your faith will be the key to getting you through and to helping you deal with whatever life brings about. Don't give up on it. Keep going forward. God will help you. I just can't do it anymore. You have the power to do what you need to do. And so I have to understand, sorry, what does 2022 hold for you and me? Some problems, right? But there will never come a problem but what God and I can't handle. There will never come a problem but what God won't use it for my good. Now, the enemy will cause you to doubt that and to question it. Cause you to think, no, God's failed me. No, God's forgotten about me. 
No, God won't do that. God's left me alone. Why did God do this to me? This isn't fair. This isn't right. And you can feel sorry for yourself and have a pity party and believe you're treated unfairly and God doesn't love you because the enemy wants you to believe the lies, doesn't he? But God truthfully says, look, we're going to grow your faith. And there's going to come some things in your life that are going to be difficult but don't lose hope. I've got a priceless inheritance for you. You can live with an expectation of knowing I'm going to be faithful. I'll give you the strength that you need. Put your faith and your trust in me, and you will grow through it all. The hard thing is for us so many times is we don't want to grow up. We like being immature. We like it when people coddle us. We like it when people feel sorry for us. We like it when we say, oh, life's so unfair, and somebody walks up and goes, yeah, yeah, you got such a bad deal. You were right. They were wrong. Oh, you didn't deserve this. Poor baby. Grow up. And God will have a regular gym appointment for you in the year ahead to help you exercise and grow in your faith. And when your faith is tested, (laughs) remain strong in the midst of it all. And God has a promise for me. God has a promise for me. Now, as we look at God's promise, one question, does God always keep His Word? Always does, doesn't He? Never lies. So here's what He says. Peter writes it this way, verse 8, you love him even though you've never seen him. And though you do not see him now, boy, here's a big phrase, you trust him. That's called faith. And you rejoice. There's that lousy word again. In the midst of it all, you rejoice with inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. When I trust God, I am confident that salvation is mine. See, you and I begin to doubt our salvation when we start living in disobedience because the enemy starts throwing things up in our face. Peter here writes on, and he's not going to read the verses, but in verses 10 through 12, he talks about, you know, everybody wanted to know more about this through the Old Testament, how this is going to happen. The angels looked on, and they wanted to see what was going to take place, and they wanted to know, how is this going to work out? And God says, look, I've got a plan for you. I've got a promise for you. You haven't seen me. You can still trust me. You can still have joy in the midst of it all, because I am going to provide a salvation for you that no no one else can provide. There is no other God that can guarantee your salvation. There is no other person that can guarantee that. No one else can say it. And so you can rejoice in the trials. You do not, oh good, I got another problem. Isn't life good? No, no, no. I got another problem. I don't like it. I don't really want to have to deal with it. But God has promised me that He will take care of me and I will be faithful to Him through it all. And God will see me through 
no matter what comes my way. Do you believe that? Let me just tell you something. If you're a Christian, you have to. This isn't optional. This isn't something, well, I, I like part of it. I don't like the other part of it. Had, you know, I, I, I can rejoice now. Oh, but Pastor, you can rejoice, but don't you know that problems are coming, that the world's getting worse and everything's going on, and look at what's happening, and just listen to things. And, you know, I look ahead of the, oh, man, what is it? I'm a little afraid with the future colds, and I, I don't know that I want to go through all this again. I'm getting tired of it all, to tell you the truth. When you start getting tired of everything that's going on in the world, I got a, a solution for you. Learn how to rejoice. Not because there's problems, not because there's trials, but because we serve a God who is faithful. I mean, come on, folks, you sung about it this morning. Remind yourself day after day God is here, God is with us. I don't need to get discouraged. I don't need to get overwhelmed. I don't need to develop a pessimistic attitude. That's another thing. Faith is always positive. And so I am willing to rejoice even in the midst of my problems because I know that God is going to be faithful and I can trust Him. Rough crowd this morning. Final thing, God has a prescription for me. You go to the doctor. The doctor says, look, I know you got this. If you'll take two of these for a week, you'll be better. He gives you a prescription. Do you know the world has a prescription for you on how to live? It wants to tell you live like this. You only go around once in life, grab it all. The world tells you through its advertisement, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to own. This is what you need to have. This is how you need to live. This is what really matters. And it gives you a prescription for how to live life. The problem is that prescription will make you sicker, not well. So here's God's prescription. How, how do I deal with this? How do I embrace all this? How do I do this? Verses 13 to 15. So... Because of all the previous, because of everything that he has said, because of all the truth we've just read. So prepare your minds for action <laughs> and exercise self-control. Now, if you want anything to take away, take that sentence and just put it somewhere in your head. Prepare your minds for actions and exercise self-control. In other words, you control yourself. Don't try to control everybody else. Put all your hope, all of it, not a little, not most, all of it, in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now, you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Holy, separate, 
different from. You and I do not live like the rest of the world. Okay, I'm going to just... The rest of the world will argue over politics. You and I do not do that. Boy, Pastor, are you out of this world now? (laughs) You see, the rest of the world has a prescription. Let's get this right and do this and do this and everything will be fine. But you see, you and I know that our prescription is, I want to live a life that is separate from what everybody else is living. I'm going to trust in God while other people are trusting in something different. I'm going to live a life of joy even in the midst of difficulties in the world that we live in. I'm going to look forward with a great hope that one day I'm going to be with God forever in a place that is beyond my imagination. I'm different. In fact, some would even call me weird because they don't understand it. They want me to prove it. Faith says, look, I can't prove it. Except one day, one day, Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth and every eye will see him and their mouths will drop in fear and mine will rejoice at what's ahead. That's the prescription. In the midst of it all, don't listen to everybody else and what they want to tell you. This is what you got to do. This is how you got to do Don't get involved in the petty disagreements and the arguments that are going on all over the place now. You and I just put our hope in God and we live as His obedient children. Living by a different standard than everybody else. Confident that if we do what God tells us to do, His prescription life will be lived in such a way that I can live the year ahead rejoicing in the midst of it all. I don't know about you, but that's how I want to live the year ahead. And you see, when we take communion, communion is about you and I saying, I believe all of this. I believe Jesus Christ is coming again. That's what communion says. Paul wrote and said, look, and as often as you do this, remember, you're you're announcing the Lord's death, resurrection until he comes again. He's coming. Communion says, you know what? I'm going to live a life that's holy because Paul also writes, says, look, before you do this, why don't you examine your life? Why don't you take a look at how you've been living and see if you really believe what you say? Are you really living your talk? It's our time of announcement of saying, this is it, and this is what life is about, and this is how I'm going to live, and this is what I believe more than anything else. And I look forward to the year ahead because God's presence will be with me, and He's got an inheritance for me, and He gives me a power, and He provides for me everything that I need. And he will help me get through whatever comes my way. And I can trust him. And I choose to live a life that honors him in every way. Let's pray. Lord, today, 
perhaps there's people listening who recognize they need to be born again. That they need to take that step, that they come to you and say, I know that I've been living for myself, doing my own thing, dabbling maybe in God, but not really committing. And they need to take a step that says, I will no longer live for myself, I will live for God because I believe Jesus Christ died on a cross as payment for my sins and that he invites me to receive him into my life and to live for him. Lord, sometimes as Christians, we allow ourselves to forget or to get caught up in a moment or to allow our emotions to drive us. And we forget all that you've promised all that you've told us, all that is ours, because the world's voice is really loud and persistent. But God, you are faithful. And so would you help us to live this year trusting you, putting our faith in you, allowing our faith to grow, becoming more like you, and to live obedient lives to you that makes us stand out, unique in the world. Thank you today for the promise that we have in you. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.